there's a lot of people who follow these um, tenets that make it such a like a like a force thing. Like you be positive, be positive, be positive, be positive, be positive. <laughs> like I don't think that's the way. And like I feel like like the positive mind is like the lofty goal that takes so much time that you should never assume that you arrived but should always be striving to move closer to. Mm -hmm. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Chatting with Candice. I'm your host, Candice Horback. This week, we have a return guest, one of my favorites. We have Andrew Gablich joining the podcast. He was one of the very first episodes that we did. Um, he is the founder of teledipity.com. It's a numerology website and I couldn't recommend them enough. Um, if you're not familiar with numerology, it's kind of like astrology, but a lot more intricate and difficult, I guess. But same kind of concept where you kind of enter a bunch of information and you get what he calls forecasts. So we get into a really cool conversation about like spirituality, numerology, all things esoteric and some cool philosophical questions that neither of us knew we were going to get into. So please help me welcome Andrew. Andrew, welcome back. I'm really excited to have you here. You were one of my first guests when I first launched this thing over a year ago. So I'm thrilled to see you again. It's great to be back. I was thinking about that uh, first or second podcast. I think it was like a month after COVID started. Wasn't it? Yeah. Like, it was like right in the beginning of the pandemic. And we had no idea yeah. it was happening. Exactly. Whatsoever. <laughs> Just like head in the clouds. This will be over <laughs> soon. Here we are. Yeah. And like, I mean, pandemic aside, like it's for everybody. It unleashed all this other stuff that's not virus related. Like family dynamic changes, friend dynamic changes, career changes. So like it feels like everybody's getting out of a hurricane right now. And everybody changed so much. It's just amazing. Uh, I think I think there's so many positives because like I feel like everybody I I knew before the pandemic has like changed for the better. Like they're making different decisions. They're like just changing their hair, or whatever. Like it's like everybody wanted like like wants a new beginning. And I love that. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's like any situation. You can try to find all of the ways that everything went wrong or went crazy, mm -hmm. or you can try to find the silver lining in it. And I would agree with that. I've seen so many people just have a fire lit under them and they started their own business and they reconnected with their family. And they're like, I didn't even know yellow was your favorite color. And I've been living with you for 10 <laughs> years, like that kind of a thing. And I think you see this conversation um, – where they're talking about like a mass exodus of jobs, like people aren't going back to work and how it's supposed to be like this horrible thing. And what they're not talking about is that there's this huge spike in the entrepreneur section. section. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they're not going back to their bosses and to the corporate world, but they're actually starting their own thing, which is so cool, right? It's so empowering yeah. and so free to not have like this really rigid schedule that makes you choose between like time with your family and loved ones and then earning an income. A hundred percent. And uh, I think, uh, well, there was, um, so before the pandemic, 2017, I did this YouTube video that I have on unlisted right now, but I'm not deleting because that publication date is important. Um, I talked about how the world was entering a new nine-year cycle and that that new nine-year cycle was um, going to be chaotic because... Um, when you look at other nine-year cycles with that vibration, 
they're usually not like, um, so I won't give too many examples, but uh, 1935 to 1942 is one of them. So, and we're not like, we're not saying that there's going to be another world war or that like there's going to be other characters like the characters that were present at that point, but um, it was the world, the entire planet restructuring itself. Um, like um, the industries, uh, like uh, like geopolitics, uh, technology, medicine. It was the end of one century and the beginning of another. So if you think about centuries, like how we measure them, um, 1900 to 2000, numerology-wise, it's not that clean. Um, and the 20, 20th century began around those dates, and it ended in 2017. And what we're doing now is starting the 21st century, and everything that's happening is about that eventually we'll have positive outcomes right now maybe that's not so visible mm -hmm. but one of the things that was always fascinating to me back then and i didn't know what was going to happen was that um the tw the vibrations of the 21st century are about um harmony and cooperation rather than competing there was a lot about competing and um controlling and like dominating in the 20th century and that there's more silo like under the uh, under the 20 vibration, which is the 20 uh, the 21st century. There's a lot of like it's instead of big groups, small groups. And I was doing that vibrational reading at the same time. I was reading this amazing book that's called Thank You for Being Late by Thomas Friedman. And what he explains is that in the 21st century, because of technology and all the things that are changing, most people will be solopreneurs instead of have jobs. And that matched perfectly with, with what numerology says. And now we're seeing it. And I think that um, being a solopreneur is human beings like natural state. When you think about what, it, what things were before the industrial revolution, like the people were carpenters, people were farmers, people like you didn't, nobody hired you. You learned a craft and you sold it mm -hmm. and that's how you made a living mm -hmm. and there was no bosses there was no like big like you know and there's a there's a shift back to that and there's a reason why everybody has it as their dream because it is it is our natural state i think so that's so interesting so um when you talk about kind of breaking down from this one larger chunk which would you could say is like a corporate the corporate model right and the industrial mm -hmm. model and then breaking it down into mm -hmm. little pods that's kind of what you start what you're seeing with um what they're saying are DAOs, like those decentralized mm -hmm. automated mm -hmm. operating systems so you're seeing stuff like i don't know if you're familiar with mines it's kind of like a decentralized twitter and then we're talking about yes. um decentralized internet which is going to be based off of ethereum and then you have the metaverse and you have all of these things um even with just cryptocurrency right like you're you want to decentralize the banking system um and there's so mm -hmm. many benefits that we're seeing especially right now when everything is so uncertain you're like okay well maybe let's take the power away from people that can can manipulate them and then go back to having our own autonomy and that's what i kind of see with bitcoin and then that's what i also see with this entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneur uh, movement sorry i'm like oh i'm getting over a cold <laughs> and i have a cough drop so i'm like yeah, trucking no through this yeah no, I think DAOs are super exciting and I'm investigating them a lot because, I mean, it's too early to spoil anything, but there's something about teledipity that I want to do related to that. Um, uh, and I think 
So the concept of a decentralized organization, if people listening don't know, is that there is no like in, like internal structure. It's not just user owned, but user managed. So mm -hmm. users make decisions together, mm -hmm. and um, like some like people who work are like paid automatically by the algorithm. Uh, people who contribute, like people who use pay into it automatically by the algorithm and profits are distributed, but mm -hmm. to the owners. So instead of like a management team, there's an algorithm. And that's, if you like, if you just know how technology evolves, you can tell that that's where things are going and that's going to be really exciting. But I think because it's the like early days right now, um, the bless, like bless the pioneers that are building that, mm -hmm. but there's going to be a lot of like mistakes and like hacks and like stuff that like maybe will like will uh, not make that space look so exciting mm -hmm. in the beginning because that's how all technologies start. But I think down the line when you combine what uh, what a company owned by its users looks like in terms of uh, the the technology that's enabled by blockchains and like what a normal company with governance and a board and like some sort of structure, not not how we have it now, but just a little bit. And you combine those two together; those are going to be the companies of the future. And uh, I like I can just see it, and I want to like I want to be a part of that somehow because I think it's super exciting. You know? No, I think you, what your model is kind of built for. It's like I don't want to yeah. like I don't want to pry yet because you're you know what I mean. You still have it. You're working it out. I can see that, but um, uh -huh. like I see something again. Like mines are what Tom Billu is doing, and I think when it comes to anything like in the NFT space or the blockchain space, um, it's about community first, right? Uh -huh. So people that have that solid community that's that has that loyalty, right? And you've been steering them in the right direction for so long. That's going to be your success stories, and it's really unfortunate. Like you said, there are going to be some people that are you know scamming people. There was the um, more recent one, which was the Squid Games token, mm -hmm. which sucks because those people just took people out for a ride and they made a lot yeah. of money off of it. Um, but it's just like doing your homework and really trusting like the founders and what their principles are. One of the mm -hmm. exciting ones that my husband and I are in right now is um, the Floki. And I've been doing a lot of their live chats. And the thing that I like about them, it goes back to community. So the founders will talk about um, how they're trying to like start schools in, in like poor communities to give everyone like equal opportunities um, and like proper education and giving back to the communities and not to hoard your money. And like, those are the people that you want to follow, right? And same with Tom Bilyeu. So if you have a founder's key for him, like he's giving you something for it. It's not just like this quick, gross money grab. Um, and obviously your mission, right? It's Helidipity. It just seems to try to be making people's lives the best that they can be. So I really hope that you figure something cool out because I could totally see it working for you. I, uh, yeah, I like, I have kind of like a blueprint in my head. I just need to ask lawyers if it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm going to be doing that for the first half of 2022. And if, if there's a green light, I might have something to talk about publicly or even announce maybe like in the second flight after June. Super exciting. Yeah. So um, have you seen like a huge increase in your community since the pandemic? Because I would assume we always search for certainty and like the wraths mm -hmm. of uncertainty. And I feel like that's something that you can kind of provide is like shedding this light for people. Um, and I know the last time we spoke, you still had an outrageous number of subscribers. So how's your business going? It's going really good. Um, the, the pandemic uh, 
evolution with horoscopes was very, very interesting because um, when the pandemic began, that was like March, April, May, people stopped reading them. And I noticed just in my sight and I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, mm-hmm. do I need to like, like, cause maybe when, like when I talk in my forecast about like, like, oh, it's a very social month for you and people are locked in their houses, <laughs> maybe they're like reading that and they just shut it off. So I was like, I was really like dumbfounded. And later, cause like you can't see this in real time, but months later I did research Google Trends and other sites that measure other websites, the entire industry had that lull, like 25% cutoff of like active users during those months because maybe people didn't want to, like there was too much anxiety or like people didn't feel like that content or not everybody, but a good chunk of people didn't feel like, and then it started coming back to normal Mm -hmm. and then it started growing. Mm -hmm. So it was like a little whoops and then, and then just I think the perfect conditions came uh, together for a website. And, you know, I, I say horoscopes, but if anybody's a Teledipity user already, they know that that's not exactly what I do. It's mm-hmm. just that there's not a lo- another word that everybody will recognize that kind of relates to what I do, but it's not re- like I'm not really an astrologer or anything like that. Uh, but anyway, like a platform that gives you content about where your life is headed and what decisions you can make to make it the best of it and how like what what topics you should reflect on on like this cycle of your life or this year of your life this month of your life is perfect for times like this because everybody's reinventing themselves so i think uh we we have seen uh, a lot of growth i crossed the 200,000 user mark about two months ago and uh i'm now getting ready finally to translate into spanish and portuguese because i've been planning that for a long time but i never had the funds for it and now it's coming together and that's the other big step that I'm working on right now. Oh, that's that's really great. Congratulations. That's serious growth since we've talked. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Um so we were talking well you mentioned how you don't call it it's not really astrology. I like that you call them forecasts. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. it just feels right. <laughs> like what is what's <laughs> the weather? Do I need my umbrella? <laughs> what do exactly. I need to prepare for? I think that's so great. Um when we were talking, I was thinking it would be so cool to do like kind of like a, I don't know if you would say like a global read or an annual read. So, you know, with the uh, Eastern astrology, like they have the year and they pick the animals and whatever. And they're like, you know, the year of the tiger is coming up, which I heard um, is like the lowest birth rates in China because they're supposed to be the most difficult children to raise. (laughs) <laughs> and I just find that so funny um, yeah. because you just I love how different parts of the world are like really into like the mysticism and the esoteric. I just mm-hmm. I, it, I just love eating all that up. Um, and then when you come into the Western stuff, we don't really typically do that because we break it down by month. So there's not like an overarching like this is the year for everybody. So I was curious with numerology. We were talking about going through global cycles. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you give us a little insight into 2022 and what that's going to look like? Is it going to be a little bit better than the last year? (laughs) Can you give us something to look forward to? I don't know. When does the cycle (laughs) wrap up? So I can't, unfortunately, I can't say when the the whole uh, COVID shit ends. It feels like it's ending. And I actually have a lot of hope for that because people are scared about the new variant or whatever. But like, I don't think that that. I think we're overreacting and I think that um, maybe it'll go away soon. I might eat my words. I really hope not, but 
Um, I'm confident that we can start building normal lives in 2022, but that's just my intuition. That's not based on numerology. Mm -hmm. In terms of numerology, it's a six year for the planet. And six years are hard to read because they, um, they'll reflect, they can, uh, a six vibration can act in different ways, depending on like the other numbers that are on top of it, whether it's in a person's chart or in the planet's chart. This is a six year and a nine cycle for the planet. Um, for reference to everybody, the last six year we had was 2013. And when I try to figure out what uh, the next year is going to be for the planet, because planet numerology is a little different from individual numerology. I try to just look back at other years with that vibration. Mm -hmm. And um, when you said we were going to be talking about this today, I looked at 2013 a lot. What I see in 2013 is a lot of seeds. It wasn't a difficult year for the planet. There wasn't a lot of like conflict or um, or uh, or big global events. I mean, those happen all the time, but they, like it didn't feel like a chaotic year. And what you do see is like a lot of the storylines that later became really big for the planet. You can see the seeds in 2013. You can see how they began, mm -hmm. uh, how like uh, just stuff starts aligning in that direction. If you want to look at politics, you'll see events in 2013 that will will give you like a preview of coming attractions. If you're talking about technology, you'll see events in 2013 that talk about a preview of coming attractions. You know, 2013 was a big bull run for Bitcoin, like the, really the second one and the one that like first got people's attention. Uh, so Ooh. that's a, an example of a preview of coming attractions. Yep. Um, uh, if you look at uh, just pop culture and like like if you follow a, a celebrity that is really big right now look at what was going on in 2013 you'll see a seed so i think like without going into like too many examples that's kind of like the theme so i think that there's like whether it's in technology or in the arts or really also maybe politics and geopolitics you'll see stuff that hasn't been happening or like has no connection to last year or the year before. That's a surprise, but maybe doesn't like look chaotic or feel chaotic. It's just like, oh, this is a new character. Let's see like what what happens with this, or like, oh, like this is a new like uh, a, a new shift for a company like Meta for Facebook, or like or like uh, the 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 Twitter CEO stepping down. Like, there's just like like unexpected developments in whatever field that are bigger than they seem because right now they might seem too early mm -hmm. but are going to be very big over the second half of the cycle seven year eight year nine year and are going to play a big role in wherever we end as a planet um at the end of this nine-year cycle which is 2023 okay. so like i think that's interesting in terms of like what the six vibration means literally the six vibration is the balance between helping yourself and helping others and doing both correctly mm. um uh, people people who are unbalanced in the sixth vibration either are always putting other people's needs before their own and like giving 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 and never taking care of themselves or are uh on the selfish side of the spectrum where like it's all about me 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 and not others mm. when e when either of those people enter a sixth vibration the universe will help them come back to the middle through obstacles and events 
So if we're talking about all of humanity and wherever we stand or where you or where uh, any specific country stands, whatever events you see will, will relate to that theme of like, okay, there's there so something's happening and like other people need our help. Are we going to do it? Are we going to think about us first? And, you know, like um, when we talk about wisdom, everybody says like, oh, like you got to be selfless and everything. But like there is the other side of it. like there's individualism versus community. And I both are important. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't really just focus on one before the other. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the whole point of the six vibrations. Like where's the middle ground mm-hmm. where you're taking care of both, mm-hmm. like of a country taking care of itself and helping a city taking care of itself and, and helping a company taking care of itself and helping individuals taking care of themselves and helping. So whatever events take place, and it's really hard for me to tell because in a nine global cycle, like all bets are off really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like, that's one thing that's going to be different from 2013. I don't think that we'll see the, the, the fear Mm. of the last two years even if there are surprises Mm -hmm. does that make sense no that does and that's um i'm sure that's a relief to a lot of people because that's one of i've been if you believe in vibrations and all of that Mm -hmm. fear is one of the lowest ones right it's bad for your immune system it's bad for your health um it really is one of those things that in like short sporadic doses it can provide um insight and help right like it can get you out of a dangerous situation or prevent those things but if you live Mm -hmm. there for too long it's going to be um nothing but a disaster for you so it's like how do you pull yourself out of that and i think it goes back into the community too which is like not focusing so much on everything to where you're blind like your peripheral vision is gone and then you can do that by helping other people right so not focusing so much on you and how everything's going wrong for you but maybe helping someone mm-hmm. else um but i think that's important too like that balance i think with a lot of like the sages on the stages as they say or like the modern day gurus and they're like you have to be like this completely altruistic person and completely selfless Mm -hmm. that's not really the full story because it's that age-old saying which is to fill your own cup first and if your cup's empty you can't provide anything for anyone else um yeah. I think a lot of parents would know that, right? It's like you're mm-hmm. the best parent when you do get breaks and you do get to recharge and um, reconnect with your spouse and, and those kinds of things. If you're constantly burnt out, then that's the, the version you're giving your child and that's not that's no good. So you can just scope that out and do that for your family, your friends, your coworkers, whatever, right? So fill your cup, but also help other people. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I mean, yeah, um, I think – I don't know, like, it's probably more complicated than this, but there's a, like, there is a, there is an avenue to being, uh, to, like, giving and being generous Mm -hmm. that goes through, like, I don't want to say put your needs first, because you can't do that all the time, but, like, through, like, making your own happiness a priority mm-hmm. um and sometimes your your happiness involves like i like it makes me happy to be there for another person mm-hmm. and you hope that everybody has that in them where like some of what your dreams are are about impacting other people's lives not mm-hmm. just like your house or like your like whatever like whatever you want for uh your own personal abundance but i think that like they like even though they feel like two separate ends of the spectrum you can put them in the same line where one becomes 
before the other, and mm-hmm. they're not really separate. Mm-hmm. Um, you can accomplish both through the same kind of mindset. Um, but, yeah, they're not necessarily in yeah. conflict with one another. And I think exactly. we just haven't been taught that. We've, we, mm-hmm. we are taught to have a scarcity mindset, which is that if I'm um, giving something to you, then I'm taking something away from me. And if I'm giving something to mm-hmm. me, then I'm taking something from you instead of looking mm-hmm. at it from like an infinite game space, which is there's always more pies to be made, right? Where we don't have to, yeah. we don't have to fight over the crumbs anymore. We can just make a new pie. Um, and I think 100%. that's what you see with um, like, you know, exponential technology and Peter Diam- Diamandis is in this space a lot, which he talks about and he kind of ties it in. Um, to capitalism a little bit. So he's like, you know, there's all of these models and everyone has their theories. And obviously we want to be giving back to people that need it. But like we're we're coming at it from the wrong angle because we're just all like scrounging for the same um, resources instead of creating new resource- resources. And it's just having that theme throughout your life, right? Do you have an abundant mindset or do you have a scarcity set mindset? And you get to, mm-hmm. you get to decide that, right? And then you'll see those things start to align um, as you start living that and or like walking that walk. You know what I mean? 100%. Mm-hmm. So um, you were mentioning obstacles, and that was actually on my journaling today before our um, our chat. I wanted to ask, so because we got into this in the in the other episode a little bit because there's that weird dynamic between um, free will and fate, right? So mm-hmm. it's hard to definitive, definitively say anything, but do you feel like obstacles or what seems to be a mishap um, like, are there mistakes? Like, does the universe make mistakes Can or God or whatever you want to call it, source, um, uh-huh. per the programmer in the sky? Are there mistakes uh-huh. or is there usually a purpose or for these things? I think um, the way I see it, and it's half numerology, half intuition. Mm-hmm. I, I was... Um, really deep into these questions years ago until I kind of figured out what I believed. Mm -hmm. And then I think when we think about fate, we usually think about it when we make a decision that we weren't sure about, we took a risk or like we, we didn't even, or like maybe we made a decision out of fear and we should have done, like we feel like we should have done the other one, but on the path that we ended up, you see these insane serendipities where like things fall into place so perfectly. And then you're like, well, if I had done that, like I wouldn't have found this or this or this. Like, mm-hmm. so like, it's almost like this was meant to be the choice that I made. And you think about it, you're thinking about that fate question from your perspective. It's like, I made this choice and I found these really beautiful things. So like, how could I, like, how, how could a dimension exist where I didn't make these choices? But what I think is really happening is that, a human being has free will, but the universe is always organizing around you. Mm-hmm. So if you go here, like the universe will organize here. Mm-hmm. And if you go here, the, the universe will organize here. So it's like, um, no matter what you do, the order will be there because there is like this feedback is like, okay, you decided to come here um, based on these things that you knew. I want you to understand this instead. Why, like, why not like, I think you need this experience based on that choice you made in order to like come to where I want you to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you measure in terms of numerology, like instead of being like specific events that are, uh, that are predestined, uh, like, um, Oh, like you're supposed to get divorced this year or mm-hmm. you're supposed to like, like make a career change this year. It's like, 
here's the theme of the year. It's like, think about your life in this way. And you make this choice and the universe will organize around the choices you make, but still giving that theme back to you. So if the theme is selfish versus others and you make X, Y choice, you're going to get those lessons regardless of what choice you make. You could go over here, you could go over here, but like the order is still present because you can't escape that little bubble of like perfection where like you're going to be given what you need to evolve um, regardless of what choice you make. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Does that make sense? No, it, it, it does make sense. So um, this is going to be like a silly example, but it's just like one of those when we were talking about serendipity. Um, I was just at a Jamie Wheel event earlier this spring, and he was saying that he thinks it's kind of like the black cat in the Matrix. Like that's mm-hmm. like his analogy for serendipity. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a hint of sorts, I guess. Um, like pay attention to this. So um, I had just put my toddler down for a nap and I was exhausted because I'm, again, like getting over this cold. So I finally lay down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep and I never nap. So it's like a big win for me if I feel like I'm going to be able to sleep during the day. And then I have this older dog and she starts barking down the stairs. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I can't like ignore her because she'll pee in the house because she's 12. So I was like, okay, I have to go down two flights of stairs. It's freezing outside. And there goes my nap because the cold air is going to just wake me back up. So I was really disgruntled and I'm like stomping down the stairs. And I'm like, let's go, lady. And we go out and there's this lady parked right in my driveway. And I was like, well, this is weird. So I thought maybe it was like a Whole Foods delivery or something. So I went to scoot around her. And she's like, wait, I hate to trouble you, um, but I'm a realtor. And I wanted to know if you know if anyone's selling in this. So we have this uh, – we live in a townhouse, like a small townhouse mm-hmm. community. And people have been trying to poach these for since they were built. Like, just no one's selling them. Everyone wants them. They can't get them. So she's like, do you know if anyone's selling? And I was like, we're actually – planning on listing in February and she's like oh my gosh I have multiple buyers they really need to get in like how soon can you be out I was like well we're in a reno right now I don't even know like do you have a card she gives me her card and she already has multiple buyers I was like we didn't even have to list we just sold the house because my old dog had to go out Um, and I was super stressed because we just got this reno Um, we've never renoed before and because Mm -hmm. labor is so high the expected price was doubled so I was stressing out about selling this place and getting into that place and what if we can't find a buyer and all of these worries that you just self-generate and then here is this woman in my driveway and I was like how like you can't plan that and I don't know, I, again, silly example, but one of those things where you, it just makes you scratch your head a little bit and you're like, if I didn't do that yeah. one thing. I mean, I think that event would not take place if your worry about selling it was actually that deep. Oh, interesting. You might have been like worried at a, like a brain level, like, oh, what am I going to do? But like you, those events happen when people are at peace and like they understand that like that's not a big deal. Mm. because when you make it a big deal with your mind you're creating like the problem i Mm -hmm. think or like because the universe is trying to teach you like like flow it's okay Mm -hmm. and the closer you are to that the easier events like that might happen so i just like i bet that even if you say you were worried that you like you and eric weren't like that concerned otherwise 
a manifestation like that wouldn't have t- taken place. Well, Eric's never concerned. He, he's, <laughs> like the, he's the most optimistic guy I've ever met in my life. Like if he, he, if he wanted to be an astronaut tomorrow, he would somehow figure it out. Like that's just the type of person he is. Meanwhile, I'm like, that is so unrealistic. I'm this old. Like, I'm out of shape. It wouldn't, you know what I mean? I would come up with all of these reasons why I couldn't be an astronaut. And he's like, I'll do it next year. I'll be up there in, in the moon. Um, we're on the moon. So yeah, we're very different personalities in that regard. <laughs> maybe he balanced, maybe the lady in the driveway was him. Maybe that was like just his, his energy from, um, maybe. from Vegas right now. Yeah. Um, but I still think that you're in a happy place. So yeah, I don't think, yeah. I think you could have blocked it if it was otherwise. Oh yeah, totally. And I, and I, again, I think it's so important for everyone to understand like you are in 100% control of that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Like your inner state is up to you and it's not easy, right. It is one of the most challenging things to really um, to be accountable for, but we were talking earlier before we started recording and I was saying how I took some time off the podcast because I just felt like it was forcing me to hyper-focus on things that, um, weren't giving me peace so it's it's being able to recognize those things without judgment or blame and then just kind of navigate around that to get to the state that you want to be in yeah yeah and i think also like when you say like that state of inner peace is the goal Mm -hmm. it's also okay if something like slips you out of that right and like you're not there for a little bit i like there's a lot of um there's a lot of people who follow these um, tenets that make it such a like a like a force thing. Like you be positive, be positive, be positive, be positive, be positive. <laughs> like I don't think that's the way. And like I feel like like the positive mind is like the lofty goal that takes so much time that you should never assume that you arrived but should always be striving to move closer to Mm -hmm. every year of your life. So like if I was trying to be like the greatest concert pianist in the world, I wouldn't assume that like, even if I'm really great at the piano, I wouldn't assume that like I can get there in a month. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, it's like years of like practice and like, and like polishing how you do that. I see the positive mind as the same thing. Like you can like, there, there will be people who, um, and I'm, everybody follows somebody, but like the people I follow, like um, I've, I believe that they're speaking from truth mm-hmm. and like, it's so easy for them that they speak it to other people in a way that sounds really easy without explaining like, well, I'm a, I'm a concert pianist and you're just starting to play the piano. So like, maybe you can't just like, like move into where I am like or super quickly, but that doesn't mean that you can't. Mm-hmm. So like, it's okay. Like to, to know that um, you you still struggle with it a little bit or there are situations that, that can knock you off balance or like there are like, uh, or they're like, for example, like I don't think somebody can like be in the positive, peaceful mind if they have like trauma in the, their past that they have to heal first. Mm-hmm. Even if they're like, yeah, I'm going to be positive. Like it's more than that. Like, and it's okay. Like to take time to sort this before you're like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's like, even though you can always be positive, like, don't ignore your emotions because, like, the way you clean up your emotions is by feeling them, not saying, like, nope, happy, 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 happy. Totally. No. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <clears throat> it's respecting the emotion. And again, not like, 
not not judging it in the way that um, like anger is bad or sadness is mm-hmm. bad, right? Like these things are just mm-hmm. part of the human experience. So mm-hmm. allowing that, feeling it, and then releasing it. And it's so interesting because there's so many books on this where you have this emotion and we are taught that these emotions are bad from the youngest age, right? Like it is mm-hmm. – you can't be angry. You can't have a temper tantrum. Like these are emotions that you are not allowed to have. So as an mm-hmm. adult, you subconsciously start to store them and you start getting sick or you start um, like being depressed or being anxious and all of these things start showing that that you don't want and simply from what people are calling trauma which is just unreleased energy right yeah, from, unreleased emotion right yeah and it's like how do you i don't know how do you rewrite that that script because there is a lot of shame that when it comes to those feelings right like a lot of people don't want to mm-hmm. talk to other people or admit um and especially when it comes what like i guess you would say like self-righteous anger or self-righteous depression right like it's if you're focused outward instead of internally like those locus mm-hmm. of control <clears throat> i think it's so much it's so empowering and it's not to take away from whatever has happened to anyone i think that's what people think and they get very defensive about it and that's not what it is right and saying no, the empowerment comes from knowing that you are in the driver's seat, and you know this awful thing happened to you, no matter what it is. Um, but you have the you have the power and the capability to feel it and let it go, and then have the life that you actually want instead of holding on to this thing that's not serving you anymore. One hundred percent. And I was listening. I was listening to this podcast, and so. I, I sometimes end up in those feeds, the spiritual feeds on TikTok mm-hmm. and Instagram because it's all the algorithm. So if you watch too many, it's all you see. And mm-hmm. you'll see these people um, that are talking about trauma and trauma, 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 trauma. And I'm like, everything is a trauma now. And like, if everything's a trauma, then nothing's a trauma. And we have so many people that just aren't, um, I don't know, like not capable of dealing with the normal aspects of being human like you're going to have a heartbreak you're going to have to deal with someone's death um in your Mm -hmm. life and those things freaking suck but they're not traumas i think to label that that way i would always irk me but then i was listening to this um podcast and they were like the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you so whether it's Mm -hmm. someone dinged up your car or whether it's that you're you know a loved one died it doesn't matter because that's the or worst. More serious, right. Like abuse or. Right. Yeah. So that's the worst thing that's happened to you. So it's all um, a matter of perspective. And I was like, well, I guess that, that makes sense then. Um, and then I caught myself being a little bit judgy. <laughs> yeah. I think um, maybe the word you use to label something that's deeper is not as important, but I think that so what humans do when there's a lot of pain is they find a way to cope with it in as easy, in a, like in a road that's as easy as possible. And most of the time when, when it's traumatic and you don't have to say like which kind of event, but when it's traumatic, what, like what most people do is disassociate in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So like it could be numbing, could be like, whatever it is, like, I don't even want to like list them all, but like what happens when you do that is that you don't process the emotion and it gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And if, an, and, and if like, and if an emotion is stuck, but you're dissociated with it, you are not going to know. Right. You're going to think that nothing's wrong. Like, Oh, I'm happy. Like, Oh, I had a happy childhood or like, yeah, like, like I haven't like, but like, it's not true. And you'll see like with like, um, People that have like 
been through really hard stuff, like not remembering it or understanding it or even including it in as part of their life story because, and it's not at a conscious level, it's subconscious because it's too difficult. And if you're doing that, then that positive, peaceful mind objective is almost unattainable until you go back and deal with it. So that's what I think trauma is. And I, I do think everybody has, like, if you stop thinking about it in terms of like, oh, I was like, or like some of the worst things that can happen to you as a child. And you just think about it in terms of like pain that you didn't process mm -hmm. that's still there and you are convinced it's not, that's what trauma is to me. And I like just my pandemic experience was about that. And I understand it so much better than I would have when we last spoke. Like uh, you can think everything's fine and it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and I will never like, it, it's almost like uh, I'm not like, I decided like, I'm like, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place right now, but like, I'm never going to allow myself to think that I'm done healing or changing or learning because that's the most dangerous place to be where you're like, no, I'm done. Like I'm healed. Now I'm going to teach others. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, like I, I resolved my life. Like, and I, like I figured life out. I don't think you do if you're still human and um, there's always something you might not be paying attention to and you don't have to figure it out today, but like, just be open to that. You know? No, totally. I think that's one of the main purposes of the podcast, right? Is just mm -hmm. to remain curious and ask questions and have all sorts of different people on um, because mm -hmm. you get to learn from their expertise, right? Cause there's mm -hmm. only so much you can do in one lifetime, but if you have all of these conversations and you're kind of getting to like piggyback off of that, Mm -hmm. um, I totally agree. I think the most dangerous spot to be in is like, I've got it all figured out and I have mm -hmm. nothing to learn from anyone or anything. And like, this is the way that it is. Um, cause I feel like you're, you just stop, you just stop, you're stunted there forever. And then it's like, you're missing out on this, on so many opportunities that way. I had a question when it came to enlightenment. So for me, I, when I was at this Jamie wheel event, um, if anyone doesn't know who he is, he wrote, um, like, catching fire catching fire i have it on my shelf my brain's not working again i'm not going to be the sharpest this, this episode but he's like a multi-best-selling author and kind of philosopher thought leader kind of guy um so he would kind of give you these questions at dinner time to talk amongst your tables and they were usually pretty deep some of them a little bit dark um and one of our group conversations got on to enlightenment and like do you think um a, do you think that that's possible to achieve in the sense like that we kind of understand it to be, which is you're done, like you have figured out the universe and you are not going to be reincarnated or whatever, like this is like your last go and you're going to return to God. Um, and if you are, do you say, are you aware of it, I guess, is the question. So um, in Zen Buddhism, they say have you cleaned your dishes or have you cleaned your clear, cleared your plates is kind of the, the thing that the older monks will say to the younger ones as they're asking about, have you achieved this? And the idea is to 
to leave no trace. So if you do all the dishes, like is the sink dry, is the soap wrung out? Um, is there any trace that you were there? Or a turtle that's kind of walking on the beach and like clearing out its path with its tail. Mm -hmm. So you, there's no longer footprints, but no matter what, there's going to be a tail print. And with the dishes, no matter what, there's going to be some residual moisture. Like it's impossible to show that, um, to not show that you were there. So to me, the way that I interpret that is that you're never really there. And that's kind of what the monks are telling the younger monks. Um, but you have a lot of people nowadays that for one reason or another are going around and saying that they're a sage or that they've reached mm -hmm. this, this peak. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think that's so against the point. Mm -hmm. What's your opinion? Uh, a couple. Um, I'll start with the last thing you said, like people saying that they're sages or more evolved. I'm not going to say they're not because I don't know. And mm -hmm. I will never say state something. Um, like confidently if i have no idea there's no way for me to know what i do know is that the ego is very very sneaky mm -hmm. um and we've all experienced this you evolve in some way you figure out something that you didn't understand before you it changes you for the better mm -hmm. and like you experience this moment of like being separate from your ego, even if it, even if it's for a minute, and then you start hearing that little voice like, "Oh, maybe I'm the first one to figure this out. Maybe I am supposed to teach it to others. Maybe like maybe, maybe like maybe I am more evolved. Maybe I like and like even if you're dealing with with wisdom or like a higher truth, your human brain can still hijack that." Mm -hmm and turn it into something it's not mm -hmm. and or return you to the i don't know if uh unevolved is the right word but like to the ego place that you walked out from mm -hmm. um even if you're now dealing with this new knowledge mm -hmm. that you get so like somebody says i'm more evolved that that's a red flag for me mm -hmm. and maybe they are i'll have no way of knowing but like I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like if you're, um, if you understand more things than me, and that's like, of course, the case for millions of people living and dead, they definitely understand more things than me. But if you understand more things than me, and in the literal sense, you are quote unquote more evolved. I would expect you to say like, but I'm still not perfect and there's still things I need to work on. Right. There'd That's be like a I disclaimer. Exactly. That's what I would want to hear for me to trust that there is like, that there is some truth to that. If you are not saying that, if you truly believed you're more involved, I'm going to think that there's an ego part of that. Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I would say the same thing because, um, so personally, like I love David Hawkins and his books, mm -hmm. um, and I I'm gonna probably get the number wrong, but he he does a lot about um, like energy and vibrations and kind of like breaking mm -hmm. that down into into numbers, which I'm sure you probably dig. Um, mm -hmm. But his it in one of his books he was explaining in his theory 
is that there's about five sages total at any given time across the globe. And Mm -hmm. that those five, because they're so pure and they're so light um, and they're of the highest vibration that they kind of are keeping civilization alive as we know it. Like they're keeping the peace for everybody else because like that good is so much stronger than all of like the heaviness on the other side. So when I, like, I believe that I believe there's probably only a handful of people that are at that level, right? Just like they walk into a room and you're like, whoa, this is something different that I haven't experienced before. I don't think they go around saying, like, I would say probably, you know, the Dalai Lama is up there. I don't know that he goes around saying that he's enlightened necessarily. Um, He just, he just is right. He just exists and he just talks and he, is just himself and that and that's that um so when i meet someone and we're in san diego and he's saying that he's a sage i'm like i don't know if this is the same thing we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) i think those things are different yeah and yeah it's like and i don't know you never know but like um, you never know you're talking about like the um this staircase of evolution I don't think that so like remember when we were talking about in our last podcast like I will be curious about some of these topics but Mm -hmm. I won't want to like figure out what the truth is because I don't think I'm capable of that so like I don't want to like end up in a place where I know for a fact like this is what it is Mm -hmm. but my inkling tells me that like especially from the numerology perspective it's obvious that there is some sort of staircase that every soul is in Mm-hmm. Uh, you you focus on this part of evolution, you focus on this part of evolution, like, and you see that same staircase in your lifetime with your numerology cycles and your nine-year cycles. Like, like every achievement and lesson and progress is built on the last. So on a soul level in multiple lifetimes, it has to be exactly the same. That's just logical to me. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe it's harder to see for a human being than we realize. So for example... If there are more evolved souls than others on the earth today, is it going to be as obvious as like, oh, this more evolved soul is like a sage and like teaching? Or might you find that person like in a village in Africa that you don't even know about or like um, in a slum in some big city and like they came to that place where their work or impact is never going to be public is never going to be celebrity status like we in the 20th 21st century understand like the height of achievement is like if everybody knows what you do mm-hmm. but like are is it going to be somebody um with like some sort of disability or some sort of like where, where you feel like where you uh see that person and you're like oh like like um they have a harder life or i like i'm so sorry that they're dealing with this but maybe there's just a reason for it and they are light years ahead of you and you'll never know Mm -hmm. and maybe the person you hate who seems horrible like maybe it's not that they're more evolved but like how can you really understand what more evolved means and how that reflects on this dimension Mm. Um, because I think it's more than like, oh, this person is like a guru, you know, like I'm sure there's some gurus or some monks or some people like the Dalai Lama that are like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that maybe that's 
not the whole story. Um, and the whole, it, it, it comes down to you cannot know. Mm-hmm. A, if you're ahead of other people. Mm-hmm. B, if you're behind other people. C, if you're even playing the same video game. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all on Earth, but, like, what if, like, dimensions are not, like, oh, now I'm on this planet or now I'm that planet. But, like, all these different dimensions are here on Earth. And, like, the the structure that you're working with in your life is completely different from the structure I'm working with in ways that I cannot even understand. But like, it's not even that like something that can be compared where you stand and where I stand and what we're supposed to do. So like, that's like, if, if it's, if it's not easy for a human to understand, like this is the staircase, the the people that are ahead are here and the people that are middle are here and the people that are behind here, because we measure everything in terms of like, like economic class and like, professional success and like whatever else we use as humans to measure like achievement in life is definitely not what's being measured on the spiritual plane. Right. So I don't think it's, I just don't think we can know more than like, there's probably a staircase and especially we cannot know like where we stand in uh, relation to others. No, the perspective thing is interesting because I feel, or the dimensions, I should say, um, we could possibly be operating in different dimensions even though we're on the same plane. I mean, I think we Mm -hmm. absolutely are. And I think that comes down to what your emotional home is, right? So Mm -hmm. I think you can look at different parts of your life and notice, my husband and I have this conversation all the time, um, like it's almost like gears to a car. And like you just you tend to go back to whatever your neutral is a lot like mm-hmm. when you're sub, your subconscious living so your day-to-day interactions like not thinking just being and i think for mm-hmm. some people um that emotional home could be anger i think for some people that could be joy i think for some people that could be depression and so on right and we all have these emotional neutrals that we tend to just fall back into without thinking um and it takes a lot of work to be able to like work up that scale right like for a long time i know my neutral was anger for sure like i didn't even try to be i wasn't aware of it um my like just like simple things like getting irritated in line or getting irritated in traffic like that was just my place that i was right and it takes a lot to consciously try to like shift up just a little bit so those little things don't bother you as much and then your new neutral can be whatever you want it to be with enough work um so just that alone someone's neutral who is in that angry angry space they're gonna have a very different reality and experience Mm -hmm. in this life than someone whose neutral space is something a little bit more pleasant um and you guys are not watching the same movie you're not playing the same video game your realities are very different um where i would say with the sage thing though and obviously this is just theory because nobody Mm -hmm. knows but i would imagine that if you were there, it would be someone who wasn't quick to anger. It would be someone who did have the tendency to be at peace. The majority, like that would be their neutral. And there would be some level of influence, like not necessarily fame and money and all of these things, but that they had some massive ripple effect, whether it's on their community, their country, um, or, you know, all of the nations combined, depending. Um, so I'd say like those things, they have an impact. right. You would yeah. have to look for like at least those common denominators. Um, but other yeah. than that, it's going to be just a, a thrown a dart at a dartboard. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I think I would agree with that 
if you analyze a lifetime from beginning to end, mm -hmm. like, yeah, if that if you see those ingredients, yes, but maybe that's not so visible for somebody in the first chapter for the life in the second or the second, mm -hmm. even if they are quote unquote more evolved. Because mm -hmm. like I would imagine that, for example, if you like if you chose before you arrived that you want to have this sort of impact, then maybe that you have to live a specific kind of childhood mm -hmm. and go through specific kinds of traumas right. to then understand the problem and do something about it when your evolved self finally comes out. And maybe because you are more evolved, it comes out more easily mm -hmm. and you don't go through like, like uh, a long process of getting there, mm -hmm. but you would still not see it in like a teenager or somebody in their twenties or even their thirties or forties before they get to that zenith of their life story, even if they are more evolved, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. No, I like, so that was actually one of my journal uh, questions too was, um, so come, and obviously again, all theory, not everyone's going to mm -hmm. believe this, but the, I, the concept mm -hmm. of like choosing your, your parents and choosing the life experience that you're going to have, mm -hmm. um, do you have, like, is it your belief? And I don't know if, like, again, like, what's the difference between, like, you and, like, you because you're into numerology um, or where that overlap takes place. But do you think that there's kind of, like, residual karma? Like, <clears throat> that a baby can be born with, like, debts to be paid, like, karma to answer for? Um, or are we kind of all born with a clean slate? So, to give you an example, I've heard some quote unquote spiritual people talk about, and this is going to sound horrible, and this is kind of why I wanted to ask just to get someone else in this space's opinion, because mm -hmm. um, you'll hear, well, if God exists or if everything happens for a reason, then you know why do you get kids that have cancer and like th these mm -hmm. awful things that happen to what you would assume is um, a, f a blank slate, like this the purest state we'll ever be in. And some people will say that these awful things happen as a, a kind of karma, right? So past life, past life karma that you're paying for, that the parents are paying for, and like that's why that experience exists. And I'm like, that just seems real Old Testament, like real dark, real punishing. And I just don't believe that God is my the way that I think about it punishes yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. Um, again, I have no idea. I have intuitions, mm -hmm. but I could be completely off base. Mm -hmm. and I'll never know. I just think that without invalidating the pain that we go through as humans, because it's real. Mm -hmm. um, if you've been the victim of a crime, if you lived in a war torn city country, if you, um, if you had really like unimaginable things happen to you, I will not negate that pain or say it isn't real or even like dare to say like there's a higher purpose even though maybe i believe there is in more abstract terms like i'm not gonna tell that to you mm -hmm. if you've been through hard times i'm just gonna be there with you and like empathize as much as i can and validate your pain so i don't want what i'm about to say to come off that way but maybe the pain that we go through as humans is not as is not 
measured in the same ways from the spiritual perspective. It's not like when we, maybe when our souls walk out of the human experience, you're immediately able to see it like, like the fear that you went through on a roller coaster. Like in the moment, it's like intense, but then you walk out of the roller coaster and you see it from the outside and you're like, oh, like, like that, like not, not that was cool, but like, like you're separate from it, you know, right. like it's not like, or like after a horror movie, mm-hmm. like, like the, it's once you're back in the spiritual plane, you, it's easier to understand why those things happen in a ways that humans cannot. Mm. So like, it's not that like, like when you like, why, like if, um, if the universe is a positive place, why do so many horrible things happen? Right. Well, maybe like they, they're, they're absolutely horrible for us, but maybe there's something we don't get right. on the spiritual side of things that explains it in ways that like you and I are not going to be able to, to explain right now. Uh, so that's one. And the other is like, no, I don't think that um, difficult experiences are earned or um, that's, that's the whole like punishment reward vision of God and spirituality. Like if I'm a good person, I get good things. If I'm a bad person, I get bad things. It doesn't work like that. Like I know, beautiful people that have gone through really awful things and absolutely did not deserve them. Yeah. Absolutely. Like there's no doubt in my mind. I just think that we're not understanding the purpose of those things from the actual perspective of the explanation that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the explanation is. I know that there is one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's like from the one hand, like, there's no doubt in my mind that there's a purpose to everything. From the other hand, you have to, uh, even though you believe that full heartedly, you have to um, edit yourself or or uh, or be empathetic and understanding when you're communicating that to others because people that are going through hard times don't need to hear from you like, oh, this is all for a reason, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. Th- that'll, that'll appear when it needs to be. It is the worst thing to, to say to someone yeah, while exactly. they're in the middle of it. You're like, exactly. you... That this doesn't apply in this moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I understand. It's not helpful, right? Yeah, they're trying to console, but I'm like, it's it's mm-hmm. coming off real, really inappropriate right now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, even though I believe that, um, I also know I have no idea why or how. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure I'll figure that out after I die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I totally agree. When I hear that, I'm like, that just doesn't. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. And again, it just seems real Old Testament to me. And that's not mm-hmm. the way that I view God. It's not the way that I yeah. view why we're here and this human experience. I think yeah. um, even like the concept of sinning to me, it's a little bit dated. Like I think there some of the foundations of it was right to like have a civil society and have people that aren't murdering mm-hmm. and all of that great stuff that we, we don't want. Um, but I think – we kind of like went a little bit too far with it. I just don't think that it works in absolutes like that. I think um, hopefully you're always evolving and changing and growing. And like part of that is going to have like these missteps, right? Or like to be making these, these sins. But I think in like the great picture of it, like we're all human and we're um, all going to go back to the same place. Like there's no punishment at the end of it. At least that's not what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's if you think of it from the roller coaster or horror movie perspective, like you can also imagine that like at least the same way you choose a, the movie that you're gonna watch or the 
like a theme park ride that you're going to ride mm -hmm. for a reason, even if parts of it are not going to be pleasant, you probably chose this life for a reason. I do think, because you were uh, asking about that, I do think that we, um, that there's some sort of choosing involved, not sure if it's conscious or unconscious, not sure if it's like we're sitting in a computer before we're born and like, I want this, I want this, I want this, but like probably in the same way that we attract experiences in our human bodies because of our inner state, you, you attract like experiences based on where your soul is mm -hmm. uh, before it is born. And like, it is, it is reflective of a choice, but maybe not the kind of choice we make consciously with human brains. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is a choice involved. That makes sense to me, but mm -hmm. I don't know. So um, do you think that whatever we are or were before being human, before like coming into this experience, do you think everything on that side gets to have a human experience or do you think it's a select few um like is it this special thing or is it like every it's hard to because you were talking about so yeah. many abstract things but let's say yeah. let's say that like for just visualization purposes that you're like this shadowy mm -hmm. figure on the other side right like you're just kind of mm -hmm. ambiguous that all of these shadowy figures get to come in and be a human and like have you know learn whatever it is that they're supposed to learn and take away from this experience and go back or do you think it's like a select few and like you're very like kind of like seen as lucky yeah. to be able to come in it feels like it's one of those things where things operate very differently in the human dimension that they do over there uh -huh. to a point where it's not like in your like curiosity about it, you're applying like human rules mm -hmm. to something that won't have human rules. For example, like we think like in terms like in terms of like the concept of reincarnation, like, oh, I was in the eighteen hundreds and then I was in the twenties and then I was in the fifties. But like that's like a huge like that's time in the human dimension where right. like I think it's all happening all the time. Yeah. So like maybe your next life is in the twenties. I don't know. Like, like it, it could happen like that. Like it's not like mm. linear time, mm -hmm. probably also not linear space where like I'm here and you're there and I have to move over there in order to be there. And you have to move over here. Like it's probably something along the lines of everybody is everywhere all the time mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not, there's no division. Like, like there's a part of me somewhere else right now there's part of me here. And for those other people you're talking about, like there's a part of them there right now, but there's a, another part of them here and there and all the other places that exist. So that's like, it feels like time and space don't exist wherever that is, mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Man, I've, <laughs> it'd be so cool to have you on with like a physicist of some sort. <laughs> And then I don't yeah, I don't speak from science. I just like it what makes sense to me, I'll like I'll say it, but I don't like I have no evidence. I don't like No, but that's what it what it kind of all is though, right? It's just a bunch of theory yeah. and then them just kind of yeah. exercising through these things because we obviously know consciousness exists. Like it's mm -hmm. very apparent that it exists. What that means we don't know. We still can't measure it, but like we're finding out plants have it. Right. So science is one of those things that's like so far behind what 
is right now and it's Mm -hmm. it'll be so cool when you see that intersection happen because i'm like how is that going to change everything like when you can actually measure what is a soul what is consciousness um if we're ever able to figure out what happens after we die would be i mean how you know life is different yeah if there's one thing i'm like of all the things i just said the one i'm the most confident in like 99.99999 percent confidence is that humans cannot understand those things like It'll be impossible. Whether you're a physicist or you're whatever, like you can have really accurate intuitions mm-hmm. that are like very close to the truth. Uh-huh. But will you ever know if it's the truth or not as a human? No. And will you ever like, is there a way we can investigate all these things and understand them on earth? Mm-hmm. My intuition says that's not possible. Mm-hmm. My intuition says we are here as humans to not understand those things. Mm. and live life here for whatever purpose without it. And then when we advance to wherever else, we'll, we'll regain that understanding that we lost when we came here. That is the one thing that I'm like almost positive about. Oh, man. I think, I mean, I, I feel like you are probably right, although I do hope with some of this stuff it's like we – I feel like some people need irrefutable evidence to believe things, right? Like, and that's like, I think it's sad because you're ignoring your intuition. You're ignore like your internal knowing that's there by design. Like you're completely ignoring Mm -hmm. that. So one of the there's nothing like freedom to me for me. Freedom as a soul Mm -hmm. is being comfortable with ambiguity. Mm. If you can't stand ambiguity, that's like that's just a whole bag of problems. There's things that are ambiguous and you just have to be cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's – so, like, for example, um, and this is, like – it's not, like, totally off topic, but it goes into Mm -hmm. consciousness. And I think if for some people we were able to prove that, that like, consciousness existed and was measurable – like you could talk about animals, for example. Like I have this theory and my husband always laughs at me, but I think that – like orcas and like whales in general um, and dolphins. Like I feel like there's like they're highly intelligent, obviously, Mm -hmm. but almost to the point where I feel like they're ahead of us in some ways, Um, Mm -hmm. like spiritually speaking or like on like that consciousness level, just like the way that they interact and how they have that oneness, right? Like they do what's best for each other. That's why you see pods kind of um, all all shore together. Like they all get stuck on beaches together because they get so in sync with each other that there is no longer the self, like they're transcending the self. Um, but there is that relationship. Like you hear these crazy stories about dolphins saving, you know, people from shipwrecks. And like there is that relationship that is there that they know is there. But you have people that are like – well, it's just an animal, so they don't have – like, they're just basically non-existent. Like, they don't have a soul. Mm-hmm. They don't have feelings. They don't have these things. And I'm like, but that's so not true, right? We, we're, we're discovering that they even have yeah. dialects. Like, they have different languages. If you scoop up a whale from Russia, it's going to speak a different language than a, rail, a whale from Portland. Um, and, like, I, I guarantee you, nobody who has a pet believes that humans have no feelings. Like, not a single person who has a pet believes that mm-hmm. if somebody says that i guarantee you they don't have a pet i know people <laughs> with pets that say that 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 makes no sense like like i know like i just hear you talking i'm like ah oh, damn like 
I'm not being a good dad to my dog. Like, <laughs> I've been screwing up because like he is more involved than me. And, like, like, well, my dogs are I not. Think- maybe I got maybe I got a low hanging fruit, but I can confidently say that both of my dogs are not. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's like how how much would we change, right? Like we would we would be so much kinder to our environment and to everything else, and we mm-hmm. would understand the earth in a more holistic approach and um, kind of go not like back to like the old hunter gatherer days. Cause I don't think that that's possible or even really, I don't think that's really what's best for us, but um, to kind of remember the things that we used to know, right? Like there's people that talk about this kind of amnesia that we're all going through. And you talked about it a little bit to the extent of um, rediscovering things like farming and welding and, and so on. And it's like the, hundreds of years ago, people understood the importance of being connected to nature and each other and um, how there's we can't coexist without having cause and effects just by by being, right? Um, so it's like if we had some way to have scientific data to prove to some people, then I feel like we would move along a lot further because there's just some people you can't convince. Like for some reason, yeah. the story is like I'm better than everything else on this planet because I'm a human. And mm-hmm. I don't believe that to be true. I think we're very, we're probably very unique, but I think that we all coexist and that there is some kind of symbiosis yeah. between us and the earth and everything else cohabitating it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, not to get political, but like, how can you see what's going on and not at least come to the conclusion that like we are being terrible parents to this earth mm-hmm. if we were parents? Like, we're not treating it correctly at all. Like, who can say that we're like in tune with the planet? But on the other end, like, I just, I feel like um, I have control over where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. I don't have control over where humanity's headed. Mm-hmm. And if it goes somewhere different from like where I want to go or where like, I think we should all go and maybe I'm wrong, then like, I can't stop it. And when I feel about like, when I think about where the this century's headed, I hope we like, uh, I'm a lover of technology. Mm-hmm. I adore it. I've always been fascinated by it. I'm always in the know about what's coming. And I do not hate technology. But I hope that where we're headed is a place where we start not get rid of it, but we start minimizing its influence in certain areas of our lives where we've already inserted it and it doesn't belong. Mm. Um, and like we can just put it in a place where we get more of the good from it and minimize the bad from it. And hopefully we have the wherewithal and the, uh, the, the, the community like buy-in to walk that path instead of a different path. But if, if what's in the cards is a different path, then I'm not like, what, like, what am I going to do about it? You know, like I can't not like, I could see things going where I don't want them to go. And like, um, I hope that, uh, I hope that I can like have some sort of like influence and like make it happen. But like, sometimes, you know, with these life stories, some like, it's more common that old people feel like the world just change beyond recognition mm-hmm. and maybe that's where we're going to be 80 years from now when i hear about the metaverse it scares me a little bit 
uh, like DAOs excite me to the core. The metaverse is a little scary to me just because like mm-hmm. when it's when it becomes as real as real life, that's scary. You know? <clears throat> no, totally. I wanted to ask your opinion actually on the metaverse because I have a similar opinion. Like I get so excited about anything being decentralized because I think Mm -hmm. um, what's best for everyone is to not have like, you know, these one group of people that have been there for hundreds of years telling you what you can and can't do. I just don't think um, that allows people to to live in the most free way, right? I think um, that's why I love like the community being part part owners of everything and you having mm-hmm. a vote and where the system goes because um, mm-hmm. that's where it should have been a long time ago. Um, but when it comes to the metaverse, especially because Facebook seems to be on the front of it, what makes me nervous <clears throat> is you already have a company that has been shown to kind of use your data in nefarious ways not really care about the user like they treat the user as if like um like you're the product right it's not for yeah it's not for your benefit and then they already have you in this place where you you start to believe things that aren't real like they take something down like um two billion bot accounts a quarter that they take down on Facebook. So you already have all of this misinformation that's there and like it's warping your reality and it's just on a screen. So what happens when you plug in and you can't tell the difference? And I'm like, I just see that being so dangerous and you see the effects of social media on young people and the increase in like suicides and depression and um, self-image, all of these. You see the influence of social media on geopolitics. right. We've we're, never we're, been we're, more we're divided right now. Like, like, how is that going to make things any better? Like, but you know, like, and I'm scared. I have the exact same fears and I'm terrified of the metaverse. I'm not so terrified of Mark Zuckerberg um, and Facebook, the company, because my intuition tells me, and again, I could be wrong. My intuition tells me that their time is up and they think that they're going to be in the lead in the next wave of technology innovation but that's just their their dumb thinking because there's nobody in the on the planet that trusts that guy or that company anymore they don't like they can change their logo all they want who trusts them nobody i hope nobody, nobody. and like i like they are past their prime i'll eat my words if i'm wrong mm-hmm. but they like their lofty goals they're not going to be the ones that build the scary metaverse. I think it's somebody else mm-hmm. and it's still scary. Yeah. I'm just not scared of him. I'm scared of the concept. He's like, he's whatever. He's not like, there's nothing he can do to stop his own. Um, to stop his money and power from like slipping through his hands, like sand, like it's going to happen regardless of what he decides it's just in the cards and i just know it from gut that's pretty cool i feel like um this is gonna go a couple of places if i was you and i had all this knowledge i feel like i'd be constantly doing people's numbers to try to like see what like like in very influential people right to see like where we're going (laughs) um you don't have to tell me if you do that or not i would be doing (laughs) that for sure yeah well this has been 
amazing. We got into a lot of um, a lot of really fun topics. Do you before we head out? Do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you, follow you, and how they can support you? Yeah. Uh, so my website is Teledipity. Uh, Teledipity.com. It's a numerology website where um, I tell you both in the beginning and constantly uh, via emails or if you come back to the platform what numerology says about your life, whether it is your life story or like this month or this year or this week even. And I'll combine it with philosophy or what other like really great authors from the past or present say about the topic that the universe wants you to be focused on at any moment in time based on your numerology. There's a free version, there's a paid version. And that's, that's my field of expertise. I mean, you talked about a lot of things that I don't know about in this podcast. And um, I'll always preface it with, I don't, I could be wrong with everything, but what I am really good at is reading and interpreting numerology. And that is the service uh, I provide. And that is Teldipity. It's on the app stores. It's on Teldipity.com. And if you search Teldipity on any social media platform, you'll find me. Yep. And I couldn't uh, recommend you guys enough. So go download it. It's a great time. Um, Andrew, thank you again. My pleasure. That's it for this week's episode, but before you close out this window, a couple of things that I'm going to ask from my listeners. If it's been a while and you haven't left a five-star review, please do that in the Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to this. Um, It's super, super helpful for the algorithms and helping me show up in the charts. So um, take one minute if you have the time and leave that review. You can also share it with a couple of friends if you enjoyed this conversation or any of the other conversations um, that I have posted. And I did want to do a couple of quick shout outs. So I wanted to say thank you so much to Robbie on my locals page. Thank you so much for being a supporter there. And um, thank you to Chase and Paul for those cups of coffee. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Candice, um, or you can go to chattingwithcandice.com and that will take you to that link or to my Patreon. Both things help a ton. And um, I will see you next episode. Thank you so much.